Hello, welcome back to the latest episode of the Master of None podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Murphy, joined by the regular rugby crew, that is Sam Westy. Oh, he's been Sam Westy. Yeah, well, Western Sam. Yeah, you're you're both replaceable. That's the main thing. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we are in much better humor than the last few podcasts because we've got a Connacht win to talk about. Uh, and, and also Munster loss, which is two of the things we love the most. Uh, I've only missed. Um, I was told explicitly like two weeks ago, I wasn't allowed relish in Munster's downfall. And there you are throwing it in there. Yeah, I do it jovially. You like genuinely do it from a place of hatred, Sam. And that's the problem. You got you too much hatred in your life, Sam. Speaking of your life, Sam, how are you? Uh, very good. Still recovering from a wedding on Saturday night, but uh, got through work today with a bit of spicy tummy. Westy, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, managed to just about get through work and I think everyone knows what spicy tummy means no one's like what does the code mean okay well <laughs> yeah I uh, had a bit of spicy tummy but managed to get through the day uh was good until I got home then I kind of kept on the couch for an hour before I picked up the daughter from crash uh wedding on Saturday was great crack very hungover watched back the Leinster match uh and the Ulster match yesterday so that, that was kind of handy for the hungover view and made watching the poxy Liverpool match a little easier as well was the was it a feed of Guinness that got you? Uh, it was started off with the Guinness, but it was actually what got me was the free bar. Uh, note to everyone: free bar until one a.m. after you start at two p.m. is a is dangerous thing. Uh, I was on the Guinness, and then I realised I should cash in on the free bar, so I moved on to the vodka, so, like lime sodas or whatever they're called, because I was like, might as well make my money here. And yeah, a couple of them from nine o'clock in the evening till the bus back into Dublin City at two. 2.30 in the morning. It really set me on my way for the a horrible Sunday drive home to Galway. Yeah, driving hungover is the worst. Uh, Westy, how was is, how is your hungover weekend? My hungover weekend is pretty good. Um, yeah, so I don't have to do much because I'm I'm injured. You know, all I have to do is lie on the floor and stretch for like an hour a day. Um, so other than that, I sat in Chicoli's in Galway City Centre and drank a big feed of pints on Saturday. It was a wonderful day for everyone involved. Um yeah, I had a few friends are all musicians, so we sat in the back and sang Abbott at the top of our lungs, ruining everybody else's day, but we had a great time. So You can't go wrong with a bit of Abbott, though. Bangers. Oh, man, you can, you can dance. You can jive. Having the time of your life. Having the time of I've often said, Wes, you are a dancing queen. I've always said that about you. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I was in Sligo on certain night, my old haunting ground. That's where I went to college. That's where this brain was educated. Uh, so, yeah, it was great going back to the... Place I spent three and a half years in. Tried the fourth year, wasn't for me. Dropped out. Um, the whole thesis thing wasn't really for me. Um, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of words that I didn't. Did your degree get retrospectively made into a degree from a university? Because isn't Sligo IT is now like Atlantic Technological University or something? Is that a thing? Do degrees get bumped up? I don't know. Like I'm people who attend Sligo are now attending a university. I don't know if it, if, if it changes the, retrospectively your degree. You didn't get notified about it at all. No? I was I attended the Brewery Bar more than I attended college. So anyone who knows anything about Sligo knows Brewery Bar was was the place to be. Um, so that was that was that was fun to be there. Uh, but more importantly, we also went to the Connacht game on Friday. And let's get stuck into that. Well, sorry, I said two of us did. The jinx, the curse that is Sam Ardell didn't go, and we win. Coincidence, Westy? I think not. What about you? Uh, no, no, I don't think I've been saying this at all. I think ever since I lured Sam over to the cock side, we've been on a steady de- downfall. You know, we let's just say he couldn't come to Edinburgh and something pretty special happened. So, just I agree. out there. Agreed. So, Sam, you are now barred. Um, and your friend messaged me saying, "Would you mind? Would you mind breaking the news to poor Sam? <laughs> There's a p- picture on the turnstile. Do not let this man in." I think to really yeah. justify the curse, I should be allowed go this Friday, just so that everyone has an excuse. Oh yeah, you, you, yeah. We can pick and choose what games you can, are allowed to come to. That seems fair. Um, yeah, Connacht uh, get their first win of the season uh, over arch rivals Munster. Twenty points to eleven. Four tries to one. Sorry, three tries to one. Uh, URC always the website always adds an extra try for some reason at the front of it, but we'll take it. We'll I can't. Um, I can't score twice in the first minute if you look at the URC. Yeah, the, right? the same minute. Sorry, not the first. Yeah, minute. seven minutes. <laughs> Uh, fantastic night. Not by no means the you know the most professional or slick win, but a win's a win, and a lot of positives, cause especially when you compare it to the last few weekends. So let's get into those positives because, as we said, it's a lot of negative on this podcast for the last few weeks. So let's get into that. First of all, the pitch, Westy, in person, it looks pretty goddamn slick, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It definitely looks like 
the best version of what it is that I've seen so far, which which makes sense because it's the newest, it's the most kind of well, I don't know, technically is it the most advanced, but like it, it is meant to be. Um but yeah, it looked great. The that's a lot of people especially even after you were talking about the extended goal posts. So that our posts are now higher than they were before, apparently, uh, which is a really interesting thing to have. Uh, apparently it's for those extra hard decisions. You know, you got to get that height to get above the wind. You know, we know the special wind that we have in the sports grant. So apparently that's why. Didn't uh, they do that in Twickenham for Johnny Wilkinson years ago? Because uh, he used to just boot it so high, it was so hard to tell if he scored or not. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that might actually be the reason for him. I think in the sports grant, they were just really old posts, so they've now been updated. Like, um, But yeah, no, it looked great. And look, by all means, we seem to use it quite well. I heard Finley Beanham talking after the game, saying that like it, it made it easier for them to execute parts of the game plan and that... like. I think he was a bit self-derogatory in the comment, but he said everybody else was able to put in a lot more running than he was. But uh, no, he had a. I think it was. I think it was a joke on himself because he had a fantastic game. Um, but yeah, what a way to christen it, right? With a, with an interpro and a really important one at the start of the season, and and the, not a perfect kind of performance at all. Like I kind of went to town afterwards, buzzing, thinking, "Geez, that ended really well." And then I had to stop myself and think back and be like, oh, "Well, actually, hold on." There's a lot left to be desired, uh, you know, throughout the game. But yeah, look, a really strong opening win, uh, a shift, let's say, in, in a lot of ways that um, over the last few weeks, job done, no, but exactly what we needed from that game. Yeah, I think I said during the week that I thought the, the fact it was a home game, the first home game, playing from the fans, like uh, even the pride of it all, I, I knew there was going to be a pretty a big performance or at least the intensity was going to be big. And we saw that straight off the bat, some big carries straight on. The physicality was huge. Uh, I will say some foreshadowing in the warm Westy. We were watching Jack kick a few a few shots of goal, and I think out of maybe four attempts, he 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 hit one. The rest were all missed. So maybe we should have we could have we could have <laughs> envisioned what was about to happen in the game. Uh, but he definitely looked like he was finding his rhythm again. But um, yeah, the, just like I said there, Sam, the intensity off the bat was just so much higher than we've seen previously. Um, I did it come across like that on TV? Hugely, yeah. I was so impressed with the start of the game. Uh, you think back to kind of games in the last few weeks and maybe towards the tail end of last year, conceding early, making mistakes was always something we've been doing and was really punishing ourselves. So to go in there and to win scrum penalties the way we did against Munster, you know, regardless of how Munster are playing, winning scrum penalties against them is always going to hurt them psychologically. They, Munster have built a foundation for years on bullying us, especially with bullying teams in the league. And to be able to go up there and to Finley Beelham to just absolutely dominate David Coyne to such, a, uh, such an extent that they had to change him out uh, was huge because David Coyne is a fantastic player. He's an aggressive player. He, he would pride himself on trying to get the upper hand and win the battle there. Uh, and Beelham just stepped up and he, was, he went from strength to strength from there. So the intensity in which they played, the intensity in which they attacked the line was something that maybe they benefited from that two weeks in South Africa, you know, playing the two biggest, strongest teams that they're going to play for the first section of the, the campaign for most of the league, you know, outside of maybe the Sharks and Leinster and the, uh, those teams, like, I think you've played two of the hardest teams to play against in terms of physicality. So maybe they came back all like for the better and they were able to bring that to Munster. You know, prey on a Munster team that haven't been firing shots, especially physically in the, la- in the first few weeks of the season. So it came across brilliant. It was an unbelievable start. The only downside for me personally was, and I was just worried throughout the game, that we didn't capitalise on it. And that's been a feature of our play for the last couple of weeks. And we need to start doing that. But I think we did, you see, in the second half when we rose into it, I think we did capitalise on some of our territory. And we aimed to capitalise on it. We, you know, we pinned them down there and we got the try through Finley. So, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed going into the half being behind, considering how dominant we had been, but so impressed with how physical we were at the start to lay down the marker. and then for the influence of Murphy and Dooley to come off the bench and really, you know, and Paul Boyle to continue that dominance and to continue that aggression and to bring that, that kind of rabid dog mentality to the game. I was, I was really impressed and something that I hadn't been seeing in Connacht the last few weeks. And maybe that was just because they weren't allowed or weren't unable to in South Africa, but yeah, it was, it was a great display. It wasn't perfect. It was a lot, you know, we, we will talk about a lot of some of the mistakes and Stuff, but I think that the individual errors were down. I think the system started to play itself. And I think if you look at the tackle stats, five missed tackles out of 101, 95% success rate. You can't really ask for much more than that. If you're asking for anything better than a 95% success rate in tackles, I think you're asking too much of a team. So I was I was really excited and chuffed by that side of things. And I think that you know, Leinster will be a big test, but a display like that against most teams in the league, and we will get more results than we've gotten the first few weeks. 
Yeah, when I saw the team sheets, I I was def I pa- I was panicking a little bit when it came to Scrum and Mall because like that is as strong as a as a monster pack you're gonna get. I don't think who you I don't see anyone who you'd swap in there. I know Coombs only back from injury, but still he's a fantastic player. And like we dominated the the whole game. Uh, the, the 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 scrum was incredible. Like, we won three scrum penalties in the first half. I like I genuinely don't know how many scrum penalties we won all of last year, but it was probably less than what five. <laughs> Six, seven, maybe. Uh, we won three in the first half. That's just crazy numbers. Uh, the mall, like we we had seen an improvement definitely in the scrum and mall in terms of the first three games, but to to go and dominate a monster pack like that is unheard of. Uh, and it was such a sh- shockingly enough gave us a lot of attacking platforms to build upon. Who'd have thought uh, that when your set piece is working so well that it's a benefit to you? Um, you're right. Like going in a half time down, it was a, it was the purely down to us not taking advantage of the positions we were in. Obviously, Jack left five points on the board, which is not something that he'd be too uh, happy about. Um, but still, like Munster scored their only real attacking phase in the in the whole game or in that first half they scored. But apart from that, they looked like they were creating nothing. Um, Sam, you want to add something? Yeah, just on top of the mall. I think we were dominant with the mall. Uh, on our attack, but I do think that there is work-ons there. You saw how easily Munster were able to walk that mall forward before their try, and they did it again later on. There was kind of two big 10-meter pushes. So that's something like you, you're you coming out of the game, chuffed with the result, but there is some work-ons there. But I think, yeah, you saw the ability of the forwards to get the upper hand in the mall was something that I was really impressed with. So to do that and to steal lineouts the way they did as well, I think that, you know, Niall Murray gave away two penalties and then won the next one. Oshin Dowling went up a two and the ball was thrown to him. So it was kind of, it was a bit, weird off the hooker but I think to to beat Munster like that and to beat them in the air just puts so much doubt into their minds and you love to see that you love to see us compete and go for it because sometimes we will get walked on them all and you see that but I think if you if you vary it up and you attack them from all angles I think that you keep doing it and then Dave Heffernan probably his best game in well over a year and that definitely added to our scrums dominance and I think you saw that with the fact that Grant Stewart didn't come off I think they wanted to just let Heffernan ride out his good game because that's something we haven't seen in quite a while, and he's probably been hurting a bit as well. So to see him play that well was great, and to see them just let him see it out and do it and get get you know get the reward for it. Yeah, like I think people were saying, uh, Niall Murray's performance down in Tomond was it last year, or the year before, where he stole loads of lineouts and and Tornbury was a menace. That that was different. That was we were doing that because it was our only option. Uh, we were doing it th- like last Friday because we were actually were attacking their line out for once because we, we were confident almost in our mall's ability to keep them at bay whereas down in Thoman last year it was uh, if we don't get this we're, we're going to concede anyway so let's just try this um, Wesley I want to come to you I think we've we've had the question over the last the first few weeks is it is it management is it players I think we kind of got our answer there on Friday. We saw an, a, a serious improvement in individual performances. The likes of Sam said, Dave Heffernan was fantastic. Um, we saw that you know uh, Connor Oliver was fantastic. Uh, a lot of players really stepped up and had really good performances compared to the last few weeks, and it worked. Is that kind of our answer for the last couple of weeks? It's been down to more individual errors than maybe maybe system errors. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say system errors, and I do think I completely agree with you. By the way, um certain players really stood up and, and um, performed. And we saw this kind of like maybe the unforced errors fall away from the game. And we still ended up giving away 12 penalties. You know, we're not going to get into the reference stuff. That's not really something we discussed, but you know, to the Munsters 13, it's still a very high amount of penalties to be given to given away. Um, you know, you want to try and keep it, I think below 10 is kind of the, the target of most teams, but that's an improvement as well on other weeks. Um, so I think a lot of the individual errors, a lot of the individual kind of decision-making, maybe especially against Stormers where we seem to make bizarre decisions, uh, when we had really good attacking platforms, a lot of that's been corrected, not totally. But I think um, I think you can't you can't give credit to one without the other because there was a slight system change this week. We had three three tens on the pitch at one time, and I think we saw that axis really evolve and really work as the game went on. And you said earlier that we noticed Carthy missing a few kicks in the warm up when he went on to, but that's also a huge moment in the game where he hands the ball to Connor Fitz and says, "You take over," you know, like that's it. I think that takes unbelievable self-awareness, especially for a captain to, to be like, okay, I'm going to give over this responsibility because I thought he actually played really well with the ball. Um, it was just some of those kicking moments that maybe didn't match, but it's also his first game back. So you have a, a shift in the system to bring Carthy back in, who is such an important individual to everything to kind of try and do. Um, 
that then it maybe takes pressure off like to Conor Fritz and let him have an unbelievable game at full back. I thought, but for one high ball that he, he, he dropped, I mean, I thought he was outstanding. Um, and the Hawk as well, Caw Caw at 12, I thought he was bloody brilliant. So I think that like, uh, I think these are big decisions that were made by the management to make these changes and it freed up these players to make better decisions. Um, and that's not to take away from the unbelievable shift that our pack put in as well, because we said it before the game when we look at the Munster team that I wasn't overly afraid of their backs, but I was kind of terrified of their pack because that to me was essentially, you know, you know, even if you're going to argue one or two names, it's not going to be a huge difference in that Munster pack start. And the one thing kind of were never in that game was bullied. Um, now we saw Munster have good line breaks and, and carry in the tackle, which they're so good at. But I said in the weeks building up to this, like one of the things I've seen improve is our line defense. We are so much better in our shape and in our organization. Okay, once or twice we're still getting caught offside, but that, that happens eventually. But you see that in decisions that Munster had to make, they took the three points because they knew they couldn't go 10 phases trying to force a penalty. They knew if they went another 10 phases twice trying to get a yellow card, they would have been thrown back because that's what was happening. So I think it also couldn't hit touch, so that was helpful. Yeah. Um, but again, so even as you say, Sam, they couldn't hit touch, but like years ago, that like five meter line out to the opposition, that was a guaranteed try against Connacht in 2012, 2011. And we've seen that steadily improve. So, yes, absolutely. Individuals stood up and were counted. Finley Beelham again, also like Dave Efron, one of his best games in the Connacht jersey in, in a long time. And it's not like that man has bad games, he just was outstanding uh, at the weekend. And same with the boys in the second round. I think Connor Oliver is is a real when he's just given platform to go after people. Dear God, he's some athlete. Like he's some menace on the pitch. Um, but I think, as I say, I think yes, I think those systems were either tweaked or adjusted or, or are starting to take hold a bit more. And that freed up players to not make these panicky decisions. Yes, we saw a good few of them, but nowhere in the way that we saw in the last few weeks. I think uh, you mentioned Fitzy and 100%. I think we kind of said the game, Westy, it, it, not playing a 10 takes a lot of the pressure off him, a lot of the responsibility out of his hands because it's a big boy position to play. You know what I mean? Number 10, it's, there's a lot of pressure with that. Um, and yeah, if, if, we're, if we're not going down the Portuguese fallback route, route, I'm happy with Fitzy being back there more so than Tieran at the moment, just purely on form. Uh, but I think that option of the left boot as well is like it clearly is a big thing now in modern rugby. You see, it highlights James Lowe, James Lowe for Ireland having that on the op- as an option on the pitch and like that. If Jack's not just feeling it with the kicking, having that there on the pitch is fantastic as well. Sam, speaking of Jack Carty, obviously not the best kick, kicking performance, but I think around the pitch he played pretty well. And Connacht, it's a bit like Ireland with Sexton at the moment. Connacht look a more confident team when he's out there rather than another ten. Oh, definitely. I think that everyone rises up to it. I think you notice maybe a lack of leadership in the last couple of weeks in terms of him being the captain. He, he not usurped, but himself and Jared Butler went co-captain for a while last year. Now he is the out-and-out captain and Jared Butler is one of the co-vice-captains. And that was missing. He's been out for six months now with a wrist injury. So I think that the kicking boots will come back in the form, you know, would pick up one or two of his kicks from hand weren't exactly as he would have liked either. But I think he did kick very well from hand, especially in the second half, pinning them back. So I think he makes us tick in all the ways that we are. And the, the option for the boot there, we'll talk about the Leinster game later, you know, the option for the boot in behind just keeps, it keeps a defence very honest. And that's what he brings to us. And then David Hawkshaw or David the Hawk, I'm liking the Eddie the Eagle, David the Hawk combo. Uh, I think that if we can get two mascots, I'll be all, I'll be all right with Westy being David the Hawk from now on. Uh, but yeah, if you can get them, if you can get them working in tandem, because Hawkshaw looked devastatingly good on the ball as well. He's, for someone of his stature, he doesn't look like the biggest lad. He's he's not particularly big. I was looking up his stats earlier. I think he's about 86, 87 kg, which for a 12 isn't huge. It's not a barreling 12, but he really made some very positive yards on it. And he kept Dan Goggin under wraps completely. And Goggin's had good games against Connacht in the past. You know, and Fekito really wasn't getting a look in again for the, the, another game in a row. So I think that those two together were working brilliant. And I think that, yeah, like you said, Fitzy... We've said we've seen him before at 15, not starting, but we've seen him play at 15. We've seen him play well, and I think that he can grow into that. And he's got youth on his side. He's got form at the moment. You know, it's his jersey to lose now, in my opinion. I'd love to see Porchy there. Porchy looked devastating. But did Fitzy there, you know, did Fitzy play in there, adding that extra playmaker into the back line, bring Porchy and Mac even more into the game? Because I saw Porchy coming off his wing, a la Mac Hansen, quite often as well. And he made a huge break that was, you know, wrongfully uh, whistled by the ref. Off that, off a great little pass by Ralston. So I think, yeah, I think that Cardi does bring it out of everyone. He brings the confidence up. 
It's because he has the ability to play and see and play what's in front of him. You know, Car- Mac Hansen's try there, that sort of pass. I don't think you see that from many players in Ireland anyway, especially 10s. I think he, he has the ability to do that and try that. When it goes to it goes penalty advantage for a lot of teams, they just they boot it or they chip it or something. But I think Cardi looks for that pass first and it's, it's brilliant and it did. I think it brought up everyone around him and I think everyone was glad to see him back. Just on the, like, you know, one or two wayward kicks, it's important to note that like the ball, balls do bounce differently on that type of surface, you know? Like, so um, it obviously is going to take anybody a little bit of time to get used to kicking. Uh, the ball isn't going to basically bounce where he's used to. Like someone like Carthy knows every divot of the sports ground before they read that, did that pitch. So he's going to, it is going to take one or two kicks before you see it kind of, before he's able to take advantage of the, the kind of new dynamics on the pitch. So I just think it's worth mentioning. Like, I, I think he kicked very well overall from hand, but I, like there was a few wayward ones and that is going to be something that we'll probably, we will struggle with for the next couple of weeks at home while we get one, because it is different kicking and training on the pitch to kicking in a game situation with the pressure on. So it's just one of those things that it's just going to take a little bit of time for us to get 100% used to. How about Porch the Pigeon for bird names? Are we feeling that one as much? Probably not, right? Like, if you can have a team of uh, mascots, you got Eddie the Eagle leading the leading the what? what what's a group of birds called? Flock, a flock of birds. Depend, depends on the bird, really. A, a cacophony of birds. A cacophony <laughs> of a cacophony of bird based uh, <laughs> bird law. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, you've got a uh, you've got Eddie the Eagle. You've got David the Hawk. Mac the Magpie. Mac uh, the Magpie. Uh, yeah. I was going to say Murphy the Macaw. The Macaw's a bird, right? McCaw, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll get it, we'll get, it. yeah, a flock of mascots uh, at every game. Why not? Um, before we get on to Munster, I do want to still highlight some of the the decision making that goes into Connacht's. I want to highlight one in particular, Westy, which we couldn't believe at the time of it happening. Uh, when you watch it back, it still uh, makes you just uh, you know scratch your head. Let me let me paint the picture for everyone listening at home. I think it's what what minute of the game was it? Seventieth or so. It's the last 10 minutes of the game, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As we've said already in this podcast, line out couldn't have been working any better. Our scrum, oh, oh, just beautiful to watch. We were mauling, we were dominating. We get a penalty five meters out. Westy, what's our, you know, it's like uh, family fortunes. What does our service say when you go to that? Uh, well, uh, what we said was when it happened was, yeah, anything with a tap and go here would be good. And they fucking tapped and went. Like, I don't care how. Like, look, first off, I love the ball. I love the I love the confidence to go for it. But like Munster is still Munster. Like they still have like one of the best poaching threats around in, in Tyg Burn. And the one thing you don't do is in that situation when everything else is working so well, tap and go. Much less stand there for five minutes and then tap and go. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a little part of it too. It was a delay in it too. And it's just, yeah, it was just, we're not that team. It's like that meme, you know, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. Uh, we are not a pick and go team. Uh, and that's that was uh, that was frustrating, and immediately, of course, gets turned over, and Munster relieve all pressure, and you're just sitting there going, "What the hell? Who makes that call? <laughs> Who's calling that?" From I don't know if it comes from the coaches or players. I, don't know. I, I sympathize with it. I think it was a terrible decision, but I sympathize with it because the forwards were actually for the first time ever getting the upper hand and dominating and being aggressive against a Munster team. So I think they kind of wanted to really rub it in and maybe, you know, dominate and just be like the, the big alpha and do it. Uh, and it just ended so badly. For one, Heffernan ends up dummying it, which draws Lachman offside, and that's not called. The dummy's not allowed to happen either, and that's not called. And then Scandal just lies across the ball illegally, and they get the turnovers. I just think you give the ref too many options to make mistakes there. A ref that showed time and time again throughout the match that he was a little bit sketched. So I think like that, yeah... You've painted a good picture in a scrum. You've painted a good picture in a line out. Go for them. And you know, if you, even if you get the line out down, even if it's not great, they probably bring it to ground or something. You might get a try or penalty try or another penalty and waste the clock. But it was just the wrong decision. But that's one of those decisions that there was one of this week and not 20 of like last week. So it is probably growth at the end of the day that they didn't go nuts with the horrendous individual errors or small mistakes. And I say Friendy was pulling his hair out of that one because other than that, it was quite a dominant performance in that second half and we pinned them back when we wanted to after Fitzy's kick so yeah they'll learn from that but it was a terrible terrible action yeah, <laughs> like, it was just yeah it was the one thing I wouldn't have done in that situation uh, let's talk about Munster uh, pretty abysmal <coughs> stuff uh, all in all they they didn't come really trying to play rugby at all uh, they were slow to every restart slow to every line out taking their time really trying to make it into a, a kind of a dog fight um, and trying to bully Connacht and it didn't work and 
we talked about the starting lineup. I was delighted to see Conor Murray start ahead of Craig Casey. I thought that was fantastic in our favour. Um, the likes of Goggins and and whatnot in the centre really didn't didn't scare me. Fekitoa hasn't really got going yet, although I'm sure it'll click at some stage. But more importantly, like Westy Munster, this is supposed to be transitional year. They're supposed to be trying to you know play a new brand and. None of we didn't see any of that on Friday night. That was a that was a typical monster kind of coming up to Connacht, uh, come up to Galway trying to steal a win, make it kind of a you know I said a bit of a dogfight, and they showed really nothing at all. Yeah, and I, like we kind of did say last week, I think we all agreed that they were probably going to revert to type a little bit, which is which is what's kind of surprising in a way because the try that they do score in the corner is is very well put together and takes an amazing bit of skill to get the ball out, to, to get the ball out wide the way they do. Um, to call a typical Munster performance, though, isn't, I wouldn't even give them that, to be honest with you. Like, I think normally when Munster do this kind of up the jumpery stuff, they're quite creative in their cynicism, right? And I honestly don't mean that as a, like, as a negative. I mean that as a, as a really strong positive. They're, they're quite good at squeezing out these results and creating opportunities from nothing. And, they didn't really manage that uh, in the sports ground, you know, apart from in a couple of occasions. And I think, um, I know that they, like some of their selections were, were forced in a way, but I, I thought Carby was pretty nice at fullback for someone who's meant to have played a lot of fullback. And like, I'm not saying, oh, never play fullback again or whatever. I'm just saying that like in this scenario, it didn't really seem to go his way. Um, that there was a lot of, as you said, a lot of cynical play slowing the ball down. But when they did slow the ball down, they didn't really seem to have a plan for that either. So it was, it was tough to pinpoint where they were trying to play the game. Now, again, they had, one, they had very few strong carries at the front. They're really good at, like, meters, I'd say, after the tackle. You're always going to get a few big carries in that. Um, but, I mean, you can call it you know, clever taking the points or a fear of going to the corner. But, um, again, I think it, it was it was poor decision-making at times. You know, like, you would have, in, in a way, and as a Munster fan, you would like to see them go for the corner and stick up the jumper and, and bully over the line because that would have hurt Connacht's confidence far more than taking their penalties did, you know? And maybe maybe that's a sign of kind of the fear that's creeping into their game from the last few weeks is they're not creating opportunities, so they're trying to keep that scoreboard ticking over. Um, but, yeah, look, I think that they did well to disrupt Connacht a, a lot of times. I think Connacht also shot themselves in the foot a few times, especially with the tap and go, but... Um, it was, it was, I was saying it's a typical monster performance without the kind of flair and grit that normally gets them those big important wins, you know? So, uh, where like this was always going to take time for their new game plan to, to come in again. I'm not saying at all throw the baby out with the bat water, but they're going to be frustrated. They have a couple of very difficult fixtures now over the next few weeks. Um, I, I don't think you press the panic button for Virgin Ireland. We'll go straight into the starting team and hopefully bring some of that confidence with them. Yeah, I think I think of all the monster performers we saw, Sam, I think Tiger Byrne was the only one that really showed what he was capable of. Um, I thought the, the, like Ben Healy didn't really show much at all, missed a few kicks. I uh, said, yeah, as West said, Carby was an anonymous at full back. He didn't know he was there until Porchy impaled him in the second half. Uh, and that was about it. Like, cause it was just, it, what, what was your views on the monster? We'll wrap this game up, Sam. I think Munster fans will be really disappointed with it because the, the individual errors were there. The poor decision-making was there from the last few weeks. But what would hurt them the most is they'd still just a lack of aggression. You know, they, you'd never see Munster getting beaten that badly at the breakdown or beaten that badly on the ground. And it happened in this game. It's happened week in, week out for them this season so far. I think that Carberry at fullback didn't have a good game and he is just short on confidence at the moment. And Ben Healy, I don't think is that great and is probably losing a bit of confidence at the moment because it's not going well. Fekitoa hasn't started to click yet and when he does, I no doubt that he'll be a brilliant player because that's a great signing for them. Patrick Campbell could be delighted with his try but on the whole, I think Tyburn, yeah, was probably the only one of the starters really that could be overly chuffed with his uh, with his entire game. I think Lockman came on I actually thought that he shored it up a good bit. I think when they had Lockman on for Dave Kilcoyne and he won a penalty and he won a turnover and he was making some tackles and I went, oh, sick. Now, they've sorted it and they'll start to get the upper hand, but Beelham just fought back on it and ended up beating him there. Tyburn being a second row for them, you've got Jean Klein who was not, he didn't have the impact I think they would have wanted, but Tyburn, you know, he was unbelievable on the ground. He won the ball a couple of times, some really good defensive efforts by him. 
And he's always going to get a turnover in the 22. It's just, just don't go near him. It's ridiculously hard to play against him. But he didn't add much go forward and he didn't add much oomph or much aggression. And that's what that entire Munster team was missing because even though they played fairly poorly, they could have still beaten Connacht if they had out-aggression to Connacht because Connacht were making poor decisions and were making a few mistakes as well. But they haven't, and they haven't shown that yet this season. I don't know if that's tiredness because of the change in the coaching system and the, apparently they're, they're coaching on the run, which is sounds very, very tiring. I don't like doing anything on a run, let alone being coached. But uh, apparently they're kind of learning as they go. They're trying to embed new systems, but they're also trying to undo five years of negative systems and systems that didn't really suit their players. So it's going to take time, and they're missing a good number of players as well that they're going to want to get back. I thought Adagbo looked good when he came on and he has looked good a couple of times when he came on and Casey is, yeah, like you said, I was happy that Murray was starting because I think Casey's more of a threat from them at the moment. Uh, so they, yeah, they, I think that they've got a lot of soul searching to do and it's not going to be easy in the next few weeks because they have a hard, hard run of fixtures. They would have wanted a lot more points out of these opening fixtures. It looked like an easy enough run and now they sit there with one win from four. So they're not going to be happy at all. And I think that the thing they'll be least happy about is the fact that they just didn't man up like, even the spice, like usually this game is full of spice and handbags and shoving and everything. And I think it was a little bit nicer than usual. And that's well, probably because... There was all the spices coming from the comic players. Uh, they were all like the, the little bit of afters and stuff. And I saw a few like Munster fans giving out by that on Twitter. And you're like, do you not see the irony in all of this? Like the Munster's known for this. They're kings of all this sort of stuff. And now you're getting it on, you're getting it on the receiving end and you're not happy. Yeah, and there was a there was a lack of game planning as well. Like at one point, Coombs picked it up off the back of a scrum in his own twenty-two when they were chasing the game and booted it aimlessly down towards Connor Fitz. It was, it was really poor decision making there, and I think that it just it came across as desperation. And it's probably because they've just not bought into the system properly yet, or haven't haven't fully understood it. But it's coming across as a lack of aggression, or it's coming across as almost like a, a lack of plans. So it it's a very tough place for them to be right now. Uh, you know, Connacht aren't, we're not out of the woods at all. Like we, we had a tough opening couple of games and we could, we could easily have 60 points put on us by Leinster next week. I don't think we will, but we could easily. We've seen it happen before. And then, then you're right back to where we were. But I think that Munster fans won't be happy with what they saw at the weekend. I don't think that they'd be happy. I think there's a lot of players there that they'll be looking to replace when players come back from injury or come back from emerging Ireland. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough transitional period for them like it's hard to kind of say what's wrong because it just looks like nothing is clicking yet but I don't for a second doubt that Roundtree is a great coach and that it will click at some point kind of hoping it's later on in the season they miss out on Europe uh, just just so we're not the only ones to miss out on Europe this year but uh, no it's it's yeah it was they weren't great and they won't be happy with it and they'll never be happy about losing the sports round but I'm chuffed that we won the first game on the new pitch in the sports ground and it made for a nice change you know, the last few weeks have been difficult being on this podcast. I was, I was yeah. tendering my resignation a couple of days ago. <laughs> then, then that happens. So I'll be all right. There's, there's no retirement package with this podcast. Um, the problem, I think, one of the big problems as well for Munster, and this is uh, a genuine issue, is that a lot of their big names aren't playing, aren't performing anymore, and you have to have genuinely hard decisions to be made about those players. But unfortunately, some of those players are on central contracts with the IRFU. So I don't know if you could even if you can even drop them. I don't know how that would look. I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not having digs at anyone in particular. I'm just saying like you have big big boy names on that monster team that aren't performing to the level, and maybe people or younger younger lads will be performing better. I don't know if they're going to be able to get that chance to do that. I I don't know. I hope I'm wrong because um, I think they have to do that. But uh, only time will tell. Uh, but it definitely could be it could be a long long season. Um, you mentioned Sam Lance putting up sixty points. Uh, we'll move on to them. <laughs> they nearly put up sixty points against the Chelsea Sharks. Uh, fifty four points, thirty four twenty point win over the Sharks. This was like an instant classic. Uh, even watching back the highlights, every try was like there was no simple tries they were all like crossfield kicks lovely little offload there was no like pick and go just from five meters um eight tries from from leinster five from sharks um but just uh a pretty pretty impressive performance from leinster nonetheless sam ridiculously good yeah and in a game that you know didn't go there like not everything went their way like there was maloney was on uh Ruddick was on for maloney early ring rose came on the wing they didn't disrupt the center partnership they were trying to go to it was a bit all over the place. You know, there was a couple of injuries. There was some spicy enough moments between uh, players, you know, bad tackles and Sexton getting in the ref's ear. They conceded 34, but I don't think they'll be too overly worried about that. The one upside, you know, being, being a Connacht fan and looking at them conceding the 34s, 
a couple of times this season they've conceded off first phase strike moves and Connacht are quite good with first phase strike moves so it does it gives you a little bit of belief going into the weekend that it hasn't all gelled perfectly yet but I thought that you saw some excellent displays from them the kicking was brilliant they were all added as well it wasn't just Sexton crossfield kick like Henshaw was given one to ring rows and chips over from all sides it was it was opening the pitch up completely but what what a game to watch it was absolutely brilliant and then you look at the Sharks team and you look at the rest of those South African teams doing so well and you're going like the list of players that Sharks have to come back like the Etabet, Akhnish, Mpimpi, Siklisi, like they've just such a wealth of talent to come back to them. They're going to be unstoppable later on in this year. So Lens would be happy to have gotten that win out of the way against them because a full a fully fit Sharks team could put another 10, 15 points on them and made it a really tight game. But 54-34 Beautiful attacking rugby. Some really good first phase tries, some excellent kicking from both teams. A uh, little bit of spice, a little bit of controversy. Ringrose on the wing. So now we can continue to say that Bundy, Henshaw, Ringrose is viable for Ireland. It's a, it's a great option to have because uh, he got man of the match coming off the bench playing wing. Like it's Not many people come off the bench and get man of the match. Yeah, it was, a, it was just a brilliant game. Like It pains me to say it because it's Leinster, but they were... They looked very formidable. Their their pack looked really strong. Their their open field play looked excellent. I think they're starting to look like they're gelling a little bit more in defence, but it's still it's still a slightly porous as it has been so far this season. Yeah, I think there's, there was a lot of talk about Sexton and his like chat and all that. But look, he is who he is. You don't get all the good stuff with Sexton without that stuff as well. That's just that's just who he is. But. I've seen a few people being, uh, yeah, there was a, there's a lot of difference in opinion when it's Sexton, but if that was Bundy or, or anyone like that, it's, uh, yeah, different different story altogether. Um, yeah, I, again, I thought Jenkins was fantastic for them uh, in the pack. He is immediately becoming one of their better players. Uh, Sexton, obviously, him being back, kind of his first start of the season, he looked still very impressive. Um, and, yeah, they, they still have a few lads come back. Caelan Doris just got approved to train so he's available for the Connacht game this week um so yeah it's not going to be easy but yeah Westy as Sam kind of touched on they did concede 34 points uh so it's not like they're shutting out teams uh, for zero points Connacht have to take a bit of hope for seeing that this week yeah it's definitely something that um you'd say has changed from last season um not that they I mean I don't think they kept too many clean sheets last season but even if you look back to the Zebra game like teams do seem to be able to get get around them a little bit now, and now it's not easy. It, it takes quite of an attacking flair to do it. Um, but the fact that they're conceding more points now is definitely, I mean, you know, like it, it is literally a weakness. But I mean, if it's the kind of way that we used to say about Connacht as well, you know, like our plan is to, if you score five times, we'll score six. You know, at, at no point have they really looked like they were going to concede a game, apart from maybe a brief five minutes in the Ulster game where you thought Ulster might have the bite to to come back against them, but. Um, yeah, and the same as Sam said with with uh, the Sharks missing Ebenezer, Khaleesi, Lacanio Am, probably the one of if not the best centre in the world. Like, um, you have to wonder um, if they had all of their resources uh, available. And again, Macazola Mapimpi, you know th- these guys, um, would they've been able to squeeze out an extra few tries, or would the would they have won the collisions a bit more and been, been able to push Leinster back? So. Um, ifs and buts and whatever, it just would have been a, a very fascinating contest because I actually heard during the week that the Sharks players were released uh, by the box to come up, but then they weren't uh, involved, which was a shame because it, it really would have been a, a fascinating match to see. But um, some vulnerability in defence, if, if and vulnerability being a very, very strong word for, for that, I wouldn't call them vulnerable, but um, yeah, it, it is a platform to score tries. But like I said, to you, Smurf, after the Connacht game, if we play like that against Leinster next week, we won't win. We won't even come close. Um, so we'll need to up our attack a lot to have any chance of taking advantage of any form of weakness in their defence because ball in hand moving forward, they just look unstoppable. Do you know, they can attack, everybody can attack from all angles. As, as Sam said, everybody's doing crossfield kicks from hands. Um, you know, we, you've got forwards like cutting through players like their backs and then you've got Jenkins just barreling over people. So, um, yeah, very formidable still getting going let's say which is probably the most worrying thing about them all uh, with that all being said i'll say i'll say one thing adam Byrne revenge game you heard here first he's going off for at least four tries this weekend uh now i hope we actually do see him because 
Again, he's never put on these injured lists or from press conferences, but yet he never is there. Uh, so hopefully we do see him this weekend. But uh, yeah, you're right, Westy. Our performance, the performance last weekend isn't going to cut it. Our only hope is that uh, that win will just give them so much more confidence going into that game now that they can up it again. Uh, but yeah, Leinster just continue to 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 roll on. Um, yeah, they're only getting Connors and Furlong back this week. Like no one big, you know. And and Doris Christ. Um, our last province that was in action were Ulster uh, beating Ospreys 47 points to 17 uh, Ulster kind of continue their cruising uh, start to this league as well it's it's interesting with Ulster because we know we know how good they are and they're kind of proving that as well but our, all of our questions about Ulster we don't get answered until the end of the season because um, that's what we had the same questions last year and they weren't answered um, but I think also the big news as well is that Rory Sutherland has been signed uh, and also that at the start of next year they will have Stephen Kitsoff uh, for a three-year deal I think it's been rumoured for um, which is just uh, like why <laughs> as a Connacht fan it's just so tough to see this because they're signing World Cup winning box Roy Sutherland is a, is a British and Irish Lion uh, who's a fantastic prop who will really really up their game like Sam well let's talk about Sutherland do you think he will make that big of a difference this year do you think he is that good of a player I think he is, yeah. I think he's a step above Eric Sullivan. I think that he's better in the, the loose and probably in the scrum. He's higher standard in terms of his, you know, played for the Lions. He's, I think he's an excellent player. I tipped him when we did our Lions preview a year before the Lions, I tipped him to be a player that would be involved with them and he, he was there. So I think that this is a huge signing for them for the year while they wait for Stephen Kitts off. I think that they've obviously identified an area of the pitch where they want to improve and an area where they think that improving will help their chances at the business end. Like you said, we won't really have any answers or any questions answered until the business end of the season. The only time that we will get them answered is when they play the top three or four teams in the league and their little one-off appearances. So far, they've played Leinster and that's the only loss they've they've had. And it's only, you know, even not even loss, it's the only game where they haven't absolutely dominated. So it's that's a little bit of a hint towards what they need to improve on. And I think bringing someone like that for the season, I think if they're making moves, they're going for it, they're going... They're going to aim to try and get something out of this year. So it's a huge signing and it kicks off next year if it does come through. I think I believe that they're losing uh, Umaga Allen and Dwayne Vermeulen at the end of this year. Uh, so if that's the case, well, then, yeah, it's understandable they are able to bring in another non-Irish qualified. But for the moment, they have two non-Irish qualified uh, props in Sutherland and Umaga Allen. And then they have kids off potentially coming in Dwayne Vermeulen. I'm just wanting, you know, just willing Connacht to, to get something or the IRFU to help Connacht out with one of these signings. You know, there's a couple of players like Nolly Morris. I know he's a centre, but he's an Irish qualified centre. Uh, still on the go. Yeah, uh, Worcester obviously disbanded and that's terrible, but the players need, you know, employment. Uh, any any tight head props or backups to Finley that they have or any World Cup winners that are knocking around or like former All Blacks? Because I don't think we've had a marquee signing in a long, long time. We've had some great signings. We've had some players I've been really excited about. Your Ben O'Donnells, your Porches, your Aaron Pavlis. Uh, but since really Mills Mulyaina, and that didn't work out for the best. But I think since then, I don't think we've had a big marquee signing at all. Like Bundy was a huge name and he's grown into an even bigger name. But it was still a young player. It was still a risk. Like you know, we, We've not got any of these, but maybe we're not showing a competitive side. We're not showing that we're at the business end of these things. And these World Cup or former All Blacks, don't want to come to Connacht yet, so you have to kind of it. It's a it's a vicious cycle. You want to try and attract these players, but you need to be in the position to attract them as well. But yeah, it looks it looks from the outside like everyone else has unlimited funds, and you know, the likes of Jason Jenkins and Orgies Nyam and uh, Dwayne Vermeulen are knocking around, and we're kind of like I, I was really impressed with Hurley Langdon at the weekend. I think he's going to grow into be a great player. I think himself and Oliver worked really well in tandem, and he's going to be excellent for us in the next few years. But you know, it's it's we're signing him from the Bunnings. We're not signing him from World Cup winning teams or from uh, rival teams. So it's it's yeah, it's it's a tough one to take. But I think we we do have to just understand our place as well. But what a yeah, signing Sutherland is going to be this year. It's tough, yeah, because you see, like whether they actually want to come or not is one thing. But when you're trying to meet them, and you're like, oh, by the way, we can't even afford your wages. It's not a great position to be in. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like Ulster can go like oh, obviously Vermeulen's doing a bit of recruiting, uh, which is totally makes sense. But they can afford to pay the likes of kids off. They can afford to pay the likes of Sutherland. Whereas, you know, someone coming to Connacht, you can't even afford to pay me. You're not playing in Champions Cup uh, last year or this year. More than likely not playing it next year. You know, the facilities aren't probably the best compared to the likes of Ulster and Munster and Leinster. 
it's it's a tough spot to to try and be competitive from uh, and I do sometimes think about that like we spend so long trying to work out why things aren't working and you do end up wondering does it actually matter like when you when you're competing against this uh, does it really make a difference uh, but obviously we try and be a bit more positive than that but it does it does get you down sometimes because that is yeah it's just it's all external funding as well which is you know we assume it is um but like uh, we, you know Rory McIlroy gets thrown around a lot I think when it comes to external funding of Ulster so he, he, could, he could be paying Stephen Kitsoff's wages for all we know I think the rumour that I've heard is not the McIlroy I think that they, they categorically deny the McIlroy is in any way funding them but the rumours that I've heard is that he is very heavily involved in finding financial backers when he's schmoozing rich people in the States and schmoozing people around so I think that that from what I've heard that that is that is essentially what's going on and there is external funding because if there isn't external funding you really want to look at the way the accounts are working because Dwayne Vermeulen's and Rory Sutherland are not going to be going cheap regardless of whether or not Worcester disbanded and he was looking for employment or not he wouldn't have been short on suitors there's no doubt Edinburgh probably would have wanted him anywhere in France would have wanted him and he could have gone anywhere so he would not have been going cheap. He wouldn't have been like, ah, sure, I'll take halfway just for the year. He would be able to demand or command whatever fee he wanted. So there is, yeah, there's definitely there's definitely something going on there. And we, we're very aware uh, that Munster have external funding. And I don't believe Leinster do, but because of so many players are on central contacts, it's not like they need it. Like they're, if you were paying the wages of a lot of their players anyway. So it is, yeah, it's a very tough position to be in. But then you can't help yourself either because you're not going to attract the big names if you're you know in the Challenge Cup the way we are. And, you know, not hitting the heights that other teams are. I think you know, Ulster played such a brand last year. They're they're able to attract these players, but they also have the players to play that brand. It's it's a you know it's a it's a cash twenty two situation. Uh, Wesley, why can't you go over and do some schmoozing for us in the states and get us some funding? First off, I don't. I don't I, my American geography is very bad. I wouldn't even know where to start. I spent five days in New York, and that's my experience. You're the one who flies over three times a year, so I do have definitely more what, of, a, more, of a, more of a connection than you would have for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and you know what? I do enjoy a bit of schmoozing uh, personally. I'm you a, love a schmooze. I am a bit of a schmoozer. So next time I'm over, uh, I'll I'll just start asking random people who look wealthy if they want to fund a professional rugby team in in Ireland, and what could possibly go wrong? I'll probably come back with uh, Mil Scudder. Oh, he's back in New Zealand now, isn't he? Um. Yeah, but Ulster is still, as I said, uh, plowing along. They're still a, a really, really good team. They are conceding sometimes quite heavy numbers, but probably nothing to be alarmed of when you're putting up huge numbers. Uh, but as I said, the questions that we have about Ulster will remain until the end of the season, unfortunately, or when it gets to the, the latter stages of the Champions Cup. Um, but they're you know continuing to plow on. Uh, we'll end with a bit of emerging Ireland. Ireland. Uh, they got their third win Um the, yeah, they got three wins from three, wasn't it, in the, in the end? Um, I saw the second half of this game. Uh, I saw Prendergast got a yellow early on again. Uh, we probably need to work that out of his game. He's becoming a bit of a yellow card merchant, uh, I if think. he's tactically doing it to get himself a rest, I'm all right with it until he yeah. gets back to Connacht. Friendly gave him an text, been like, uh, if he wouldn't mind getting a few yellows. Um, I thought, I think overall it's been a success. I think you can't say it hasn't been a success. Obviously, the timing was a bit weird and missing players is a bit weird but uh, they played some great stuff they've got three wins out from three we've we've kind of discovered a bit more talent in the terms of uh, Crowley looks like the real deal obviously Prendergast captaining they obviously view him very highly and then the, we kind of already knew the likes of Deegan and Balakoon obviously how good them guys were um, I think overall though I think a success but um, anything that, uh, anything you particularly take from that tour now Sam looking back on it or are you going to forget about it as soon as basically you can I think you'll call it a success because they won the three games. I don't know what the success criteria was going to ever be going into it. If it was, it was originally billed as a way of getting more experience going into the World Cup. But I don't think anyone really outside of maybe Balakun is putting their hands up for the World Cup. Joe McCarthy actually had a, a you know, he had a good uh, tour and he, that'll stand to him because he's highly touted. But it's harder and harder to get into the URC team at Leinster this year because the URC has become so competitive. So those young players that are used to dominating your Zebras and your Dragons for Leinster are going to be less enabled to play. So that was an opportunity for him. I, I believe that they gave the prize money to a local hospital, which I think is a great gesture. Uh, and I think yeah, that, orphanage. An orphanage, sorry, yeah. And I think that that was a brilliant gesture. And yeah, seeing the likes of Prendergast captain and Ireland team was, you know, personally a, a nice thing to see as a Connacht fan, but... All in all, yeah, you can call it a success because they won. I still don't. I, I still question what the success criteria for the tour was. 
and what they've taken out of it. But uh, a couple of players had some good moments and will come back. And I think some of the monster players maybe <coughs> will come back with a little bit of a little bit of you know their heads held high. They've been quite good and they have now warranted your selection into that monster team. Like you said, Crowley or the likes of a daily as well will make a difference to monster. So there's a few players will personally have deemed it a success, but on the whole, it was a fairly nothingness tour that I watched if it was on and I had the opportunity, but I wasn't gutted to be missing it the way I would your average international or your average kind of game. I'd, I, if I was monster, I'd be giving the car keys to Crowley and be like, here, drive this for the whole year and let's see what happens. Uh, but that's that's why I probably won't get ever hired as a as a coach. Uh, Westy, uh, what, what's your kind of views now after the, the tour is over? Are, are we a fan or not? Um, I'm, I'm not not a fan of it. Um, like I've heard a lot kind of in the last few weeks. Again, one of the things I heard was that, you know, Toyota basically paid for the team to go down and paid for their conversation. Like, it didn't cost the RFU anything. Like, they were asked, could we put a team together to go down? In that, it's it's good. Like, it's good to see these guys playing. And we said before, and people have said since, that they're they're playing in Ireland shape, which, of course, they are. They're coached by the same people as the, as the national side are. Um, but it's good to see that they're getting exposure to that now and that they're able to play cohesively together to show that they can fit into a, a squad that plays this way. But like the question that I'll always ask is why is it more beneficial to play the Cheetahs in an emerging iron squad than to play the Stormers with Connacht? You know, like I, the only problem I really have with the tour is I feel like it gives fuel to the fire of people who don't like the URC league and say, Oh, like it's a way it's not, it's not a top quality league. Like look at these players who were pulled out of it to go on this tour. It's like, just think it's really low hanging fruit. and It's not fair. Like I think the URC if, if we've been in these first three rounds, it's, it's a very exciting league. A lot of tries scored, a lot of big hits going in. Like, it's definitely come a long way in the last couple of years. And I just don't like anything that gives... If you have criticism for it, that's fine. You back it up. But giving people low-hanging fruit of saying, oh, look at this tour. Like, the league means nothing. Like, don't give people who are overly negative easy wins. You know, make them work for it. No, that's fair. So, I think... Uh... So, I'm a, fan of the, I'm a fan of the tour. I think it's done a lot of good for the players that were involved in it. But... You know, it, it could end up costing the provinces a bit later on. I think, I, yeah, I, I think Sam, you made a good point. The confidence it gives players like Prendergast captaining Ireland. I know it's not like an official or anything, but that still has to be like you coming back a bit more of a strut in your step. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I think that that definitely the likes of Crowley, all them. I think it can only be a good thing. Thought Terry Martin and Carl Ford, those experiences as well, and iconic Che uh, Mullins looks like a real fucking star. Um, so that's all good and all well and good, but yeah, then I I totally agree then Westy as well with your your kind of issues with it too. So, but look, it's over now. We'll we'll get our kind of our kind of we'll get the players back. I don't I assume they won't be available probably for a couple of weeks, and um, with normally how that goes. So, um, they'll be welcome back to when they are. Uh, we'll wrap it up there, boys. Uh, we I, I have hats coming. Uh, there should be available this week, uh, end of this week. Uh, so maybe before the Lens game you can get them. Uh, but I will let you know on social medias um, when and when they are available. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, and then I said we'll be at the Leinster game this Friday. Uh, Sam won't be there obviously because he's a jinx and a curse. And if you see him there, you have our permission to kick him out. Uh, of the I'll game. be there. I will be there. You had said you have permission to remove him from the stadium. Uh, but um, uh, lads, I appreciate you always coming on, and we will chat you next week. Talk later. Cheers. Up.